Sports Brewing Sports. I think that they're going to be kind of the, the surprise Cinderella team. Just defensively, just get incrementally better. Everybody has lived up and failed expectations. That's it. The box score is what the box score is. Sucks for them. It's <laughs> just going on the San Antonio Spurs. Welcome back. This is What's Brewing Sports, Season 2, Episode 7. The topic of today will be the agony and ecstasy of sports. Yep. I am Andrew Brought. Along with me, as always, the man who just likes to watch the world burn around him, Ugh. Richard Oliver. Oh, it has been burning all weekend. <laughs> What a miserable, miserable weekend! If you're if you're a Texas state of Texas sports fan, yeah, it's, it's with been some rare rough. exceptions. At least we had some decent weather. Yeah, we did. We did some good, cool, crisp That's weather. That's right. So we got what we wanted there. But as far as uh, play, not so much. No. Oh, so season two, season episode two. seven. Now here we go. Which would make this the Mickey Mantle episode. Perfect. Mickey Mantle. Yeah, it's hard That's to fine. really argue against that. Although I'm not real fond of the Yankees right now. Right. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to the Yankee, the former Yankee, back when they were lovable and I really liked them. Sure. Back when they had you know guys like like Not a bad piece Roger offer. Maris and Mickey Mantle. Right. And, yeah. But mm. uh, this edition of the Yankees right now, hatred, yeah. vitriol. Of course. Yeah. We hope that they crash and burn. <laughs> so speaking of burning them, you know, but yeah, metaphorically, no, it, it has been it has been a rugged weekend. Yeah, it's Cowboys lost this afternoon to the lowly Jets. And I said last week I'm doing I'm doing some some broadcasting elsewhere. That's right. And I said on Sports Weekly, uh, which uh, on KCWX the other day said, look, if uh, or Sports Tonight or one of one of the dozens of shows I'm doing. (laughs) But I said, what if the Cowboys lose to the Jets? I literally said, fold up the tent. Let's just move along because it's over. Right. If you can't beat the Jets, it's over. Well, guess what? They didn't beat the Jets. So it's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. Well, and it, luckily they're in a, just a lousy division because the Eagles got just walloped by the Vikings today. So both the Eagles and the Cowboys are 3-3 three and three after that loss. But, but Andrew, you, you, put, you put that out there. You put A&M's performance against Alabama. Okay, it's Alabama. Lose 47-28 to 28 to those guys. Right. Uh, not a not a tragedy because it's Alabama. You know, just a just a Although step that below. Defensive the, performance was an absolute travesty. It was just brutally bad. <laughs> uh, Texas loses to Oklahoma, and in in all in all honesty, it wasn't as close as the the last score. No, uh, they lose thirty four twenty seven to Oklahoma. Oklahoma looks awfully good. Uh, Oklahoma defense looks really, really good. Yeah, if the offense can hold on to the ball, I think Oklahoma's oh, going to be great. Yeah, Jalen Hurts had a great game, but he had two turnovers inside the 15-yard line. Yeah, he can't. Kind of made it closer, you know, could have really stretched it out. But, you know, you go down the, the Astros, lose home field advantage against the Yankees. Uh, then they go to, uh, you know, they've got uh, got to go to New York next week, so that's going to be a tough, tough road to hoe. But also and then, you know, even, even when you look around at some of the other stuff happening, uh, Baylor still undefeated, but has to go to double overtime to to hold off Texas Tech, which tells you the Big 12's one of those kind of scuffling places, you know. Right. UTSA just gets stepped on by Alabama Birmingham this weekend in front of a professed crowd of fifteen thousand people at the Alamo Dome, the lowest crowd 
in the history of the school's football program. I did not know that. 15,000? In the Alamo Dome, but that was the stated crowd. But according to those who were there saying, well, a lot of fans were dressed up as empty seats in this one. Wow. And so uh, it's it's one of those things where it's just a, it's a tough time, you know, for UTSA. They're not winning. They're not winning some of these games they've got to win. So anyway, so so the theme of this program, like you said, the thrill of victory, you know, kind of kind of the ecstasy and agony in sports. That's right. It reminds me of when I was a kid, and maybe we, maybe you might remember this back in the late seventies, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. <laughs> Wide world of sports on I Saturday the afternoon. Late 70s fondly, yes. And it was just like you know you always had the you had the guy that 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 uh, Nordic skier wiping out into the you know he he lived to tell about it. They weren't showing a you know a, a death face of death thing or anything like that. But right. But uh, but yeah, it, it, I used to watch that at the beginning and. People, we'd watch that every week, the thrill of victory, you know, boxer <laughs> dancing around or gymnast or something. And then the agony defeat, there's this poor Finnish skier or something, you know, skiing into the, the net or the, the trees or something like that. You know? <laughs> and that would be the agony of defeat. So, you know, we've got some examples. We'll talk about that. Today. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think first we should just get brewed up right now and get right into the brew topic, <sighs> which today... The brew topic is, uh, well, it's a little bit indicative of the weekend in sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're going to talk about just the simple medicinal use mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. of brew, of uh, coffee, which can be helpful yes. in the mornings when you're sluggish or, yes. you know, when you're recording a podcast later in the <laughs> evening. And, right. um, of course, you know, the medicinal uses of beer and perhaps other liquids of sorts indeed indeed uh sometimes the mood is celebratory but sometimes the mood is in need of some consoling yes (laughs) and i look at that kind of thing and i think now you today you've made the tour oh i'm on the gamut because you actually have coffee and beer in front of you yeah i got i'm I'm, I'm double fisting right now between the two that's right you're all over this i'm doubling that up and i uh i before the podcast i was uh doubling up between water and whiskey so i'm ready to go yeah (laughs) it looks like you really got something going on so that that's so funny it's interesting because we were talking about joking about the idea that the medicinal value of both like you said i that's right and and i I love the word because it really is true you know you have this this uh you know you've got the the Oh, I must. I have ESPN. I'm sorry, sorry. I don't know what, the, what the heck. Uh, go to my computer. I was here. like, who's singing? Like, hey, I, I like to have a little backdrop when I talk. I like to have a little singing in the background. Nice. Yeah. Hey, nice. I like give me some Yolanda Adams, please, in the background as I start. Right. You know, yeah. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh, the medicinal value of this. It's, I wanted to say that word again. Uh, but uh, this time, like last week, we talked about Oktoberfest and October and the beers that come with that, pumpkin spice ale and all the different kind of things. And then the pumpkin coffees. There are some pumpkin spice ale. That's right. Pumpkin spice whatever coffees. Sure. Which I've never been fond of. But, right. But tonight, you were actually... And I know this is all for work. This is all to, That's to right. have this in front of you. You're, it's strictly professional. Is, is it safe to be mixing the beer and the coffee one swig after another? Is this... What kind of constitution do you have? Yeah, man? I think we're going to find out. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> as this show what rolls you got on, working here, man. <laughs> this is, I'm pretty impressed with this so far. Yeah, I think that, uh, and now the coffee part of it, though, is, is for me, that's my morning go to, of course, and my afternoon and my evening. So I, I am a around the clock coffee guy. But the beer, like the other night, game one of the Astros series, I was, yeah, yeah. 
really needing it. Needing the beer. Yeah. Yeah, because that was that was one of those that just kind of really that was a tough one to sit through. Yeah, can't give away home field advantage like that. No, not not good, you know. Now we talked about the different types of beer, different types of coffees for different types of years, seasons of beer. Uh, obviously, we have a lot of that that that, uh, that we talked about last week and how important that was, but also the coffee aspect. I I I have found myself in the winter months when it gets a little cooler. Uh, you know, the the two weeks of winter that we have here in San Antonio. <laughs> That's right. That I like the coffee a little darker and, and stronger then. Okay. There's something about yeah. the cooler mornings where you just kind of want to you kind of want to hit it a little bit harder and make something happen. Right. Just give you a little jolt. And I don't know if it's just because it's uh it's it's chillier and, and, and colder and you're you know, you're kind of uh just needing a little more of a jolt on a day like that. Your metabolism, your you know, you know, whatever your biorhythms are off in the morning sometimes, uh, in those kind of situations. But in the summer, I kinda like it a little lighter. A little sure. more a little more cream, a little more sugar, a little more a little more coffee milkshake. I think that tracks. I think that tracks. If you think about coffee like beer. You know, in the summer, you don't you're not excited to go for your heavier beers mm-hmm. in the summer. You want something light, uh, refreshing, um, something that's not going to, you know, kind of put you out in the heat. But in the winter, you're kind of you, you're same thing. You're going for something heavier. You're going for typically something a little bit more in the stout porter range. Mm-hmm. And, I, and that's that's very true. Like like a, a good coffee porter or a good stout of some sort to me is so much better when it's cold outside Mm -hmm. but if it's hot eh, even if it's really good it's never as good as it could be right if it was cold right and for me going along the same thing you know i'm a bourbon guy i love bourbon but bourbon to me it just takes another level when it's cold outside Mm -hmm. like a good Mm -hmm. a good a good bourbon just warms you yeah exactly Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah no i'm with you on that yeah now, now, I, I've always been laughed at because I like my stuff sweeter. I've always liked my stuff sweeter. So, I got I got to that that kind of that honey whiskey. Uh huh. You know, a friend sure. of mine gave me some honey whiskey for my birthday or whatever like that. And right. Oh my. <laughs> that also gets you a little yeah feeling a little good. I found a new treat, huh? Yeah, I, I I like that. Yeah. I view the honey as medicinal. Okay. Oh, I like okay. my because I like if it's South Texas honey in particular because it's good for your allergies. That's right. That's right. And all, that's, this is all about the good. That's exactly the, right. The overall good. That's right. That's right. So you're just yeah, yeah. Uh, two or three sipping. You're drinks. just treating the allergies. Really, it's is what, what it is. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. That's it's right. all about the making the smart move. As long as you're not regard. turning into like one of those nose misters, it's probably not going to be uh, <laughs> enjoyable for you. <laughs> you know, listen. Whatever it takes. I've got pretty bad allergies sometimes. You got to kind of just true. go That's right true. after it, man. I tell Whatever you. Whatever what. it takes. Oh my gosh. Well, it's going to take a lot to get over this past weekend. In sports, especially if you're a Texas sports fan of any kind. And that's going to bring us right into the topic of today, which is agony and ecstasy right. of sports. Right. And this weekend. Now, I want to start to talk about the agony of the Cowboys right now. Now, the Cowboys are jerking around their fans in spectacular fashion. Now, this is a franchise that's done that time and time again. Right. Every year, of course, everyone kind of the NFL, from the NFL to the national riders to everybody else, everybody roots for the Cowboys. Right. Every year they're they're just they're given elevated position because they're the Cowboys. Right. Uh, they're the richest franchise on the planet. They've got all the money. They do all on and on and on and on and on. What was interesting today was the Cowboys lose to the Jets, a team that's just 
miserable. Came 0 and in 4. 0-4. Yeah. They got Sam Darnold back. Now, I covered the Jets for years, so I, I know that franchise. And right. I know the misery that comes with that franchise. They still live for 1969 <laughs> with Joe Navid. And, and I say that as an Aggie because we still live from 1939. That's right. When we won the national <laughs> championship exactly right. that year. A year I fondly remember as yeah. well, yeah. But our, again, our equestrian teams, <laughs> outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, the Cowboys today they, they and they lose in this just just brutal fashion. They drive down, they score, they need the two pointer, they fail on a you know on a, on a on a. I thought Dak Prescott actually played really well for most of the day, but a lot of things came out of that ball game that I think they're that they're certainly going to be digested all week. Number one, Jason Garrett has got to be in trouble. I don't care how much Jerry Jones is stubborn about this and all this kind of stuff. That offense today was just pedestrian. The second thing was the Cowboys' offensive line. Kind of remind me of how UT kind of came into the season, say they're DBU and we're defensive backs that are the greatest thing ever, and they, you know, give up 511 runs to Oklahoma, uh, 511 yards to Oklahoma. Uh, and the Cowboys, same way, our offensive line, this is as good as it gets. Now, they were out without two starters today, uh, They and it showed. I mean, Dak Prescott really – had to kind of flush out of the pocket a lot, was kind of pressured through this whole game. That kind of thing happened. And then the Cowboys' defense against a Jets offense that has been just absolutely markedly awful all year. And Sam Darnold's a capable quarterback. He's a fine quarterback. I could see them being, you know, jacked up to have him back behind center. But they go out and the, the Cowboys' defense, especially late in the game, the Cowboys drive down, they score. They've got to stop the Jets. Don't let them put any points on the board. The Jets just drive it down their throat, kick a field goal after the Cowboys had missed one, get the eight-point lead, which eventually cost the Cowboys the game. So that game, Andrew, I thought in, in a microcosm, knocks the Cowboys to 3-3. Three and three. They've lost three straight after beating three pretty pedestrian teams early on. And still in first place in the NFC East because they're in an awful division. Uh, but uh, the, the Eagles got, you know, battered by the, the Vikings today. But, you know, the Cowboys, they're just one of those franchises that they tease you. They go 3-0. and They're going nuts. Kellen Moore's featured in Sports Illustrated as the new offensive guru for the Cowboys. Dak Prescott's tried to get his contract redone. All these different things that are trying to happen. And apparently, and I didn't see the interview, but apparently after the game today, Jerry Jones was white as a sheet. Looked like he was apparently very upset. Like, this was not a game that we expected to lose. This is not the game that we can lose. Right. And in the long run, now, the Cowboys last year had this kind of little wobble early on and turned it into a pretty good season. Made the playoffs and were playing pretty good at the end. This team doesn't have that feel, though. It just doesn't have that feel. And I don't know because the Jets were really are, are an awful, awful team. Well, you can't you cannot blow a game like that to an zero and four team no. coming in. No. You you can't uh, you can't lose three in a row. Mm-hmm. Now, you and I talked about this when we were coming in to uh, preseason from the summer and getting into the the regular season, and there was a lot of hype. And again, mm-hmm. you're exactly right. There's always hype in the preseason and I'm so tired of that. I think right. a lot of people are so but I'm tired of it from an A and M standpoint. I'm tired of hearing about how exciting it's gonna be and then it falls apart. So you watch the Cowboys coming into the season and they look like they were gonna be unstoppable. This looked like we finally had the offense that we needed. Right. If you're a Cowboys fan to not only get to the playoffs again, but to actually offer a serious run 
at maybe a Super Bowl. Right. So here we are now. We're six games in, almost halfway through the season. What are your thoughts in terms of how that offense has or has not panned out? And do you see areas where, you know what, maybe this is mental and they can get over it, or are they being exposed right now for some kind of deficiency that maybe wasn't discussed as it should have been in the preseason? Well, and, and again, I, I don't know if the Cowboys, I don't, I don't recall how much they were projected to do a whole lot this year, any more than the 49ers were, and the 49ers have been outstanding to start. Seahawks, the NFC West is really controlling things right now. The Seahawks are great. The 49ers are great. Uh, the Eagles were the team that a lot of people pegged for the Super Bowl, and they have not been very good, especially on defense. So, you know, I don't know. And now, now you look at the, the Cowboys. They lose a couple players. You know, Tyron Smith is hurt. They lost another offensive lineman. They, they lost uh, Randall Cobb, didn't play today. Amari Cooper got hurt like second catch, uh, had a quad injury, and uh, he may be out for a while. So there's excuses out there for the Cowboys, obviously. But it also shows just how thin they are. This is a team that, you know, is not going to be able to stomach those kind of losses and maybe win the ball games that they need to win. So I think that that, you know, that also, now, that, that may be across the board with all teams. I understand that. But, uh, but I, th- I really feel like this is a team that this is kind of now at this point, it's kind of coming down to the coaches. You know, when the Cowboys didn't stop the Jets today, when they gave up those big plays, they gave up a 92-yard touchdown pass. They gave, you know, they, they, they just kind of surrendered some, some moments in that ball game that never should have happened. Uh, to your point, I would, you know, as far as the forecast goes, maybe the Cowboys are kind of where everyone thought they would be. But also to your point, the Cowboys introduced faith and they introduced, hey, this might be better. This, this could be the year. Right. And they go 3-0, and now they've lost three straight. And you could argue, okay, the Packers game, that's a better team. Okay, Saints shouldn't have lost that game. You know, made some really awful uh, turnovers. How many turnovers did they have against the Packers? And I thought, well, if they just clean it up, if they clean it up, they'll be the team that we saw for the first three. Years. Well, they actually played a pretty clean game today. Wasn't a whole lot of turnovers. I don't think, I'm not sure they had a turnover. They had some different things happen. And it's just one of those things where the Cowboys are just not – they're just out of sorts. And and there was even at one point during the ball game today, the the announce Tony Romo was the announcer, Jim Nance was in there and everything. And it was mentioned that they looked like they lacked energy. And that's Jason Garrett. Yeah. That's Jason Garrett. That's your coach. Is what you know, your coaches have got to get that team electrified. Something has to happen to make those guys uh, feel like they're going to win the game, feel like they've got some some engagement in the game. And I really thought the Cowboys just looked like a team that was going through the motions. And it reminded me of what Greg Popovich would always say when the Spurs did that in a, in a game, you've got to show your opponent the proper respect. And I'm not sure the Cowboys did that. I just don't think they showed the Jets proper respect. Hey, this is an NFL team you're going up against. Yeah, it's not the Miami Dolphins. Right. You know, who haven't won a game. and won't, But the Jets are – they're down there. They're one of those AFC East teams are just not very good. Right. And I just think that that's one of those things. Well, until tonight, know. hadn't won a game. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I'm just curious about uh, where the Cowboys are now as they move forward. It, it's just a very – it's an interesting question. Yeah, it is an interesting question, and it makes me want to ask a further question, which is, you know, how do teams like the New England Patriots seem to do it? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like uh, how does a team like Alabama – seem to do it. They have one of the worst kickers in college football, and it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter. That because they believe. Right. They know how to win. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. Patriots think, believe they're going to win. But I, Exactly, and I think that's the point, is that it's not always just 
talent uh, or even the right coaches. Right. But I think that there's got to be a culture of believing. I think that's an excellent point. And I think it's a point that, you know, like we, we, get, we constantly talk about the frustrations of being a fan of, let's say, the Cowboys, but also being a fan of the Aggies or teams like that where they just every year again we talked about it last episode the reload wait till next year wait till next year mentality and what does it take to cross the threshold and i think you're exactly right i think it's just the belief that you're there that you're going to do it yeah i pair that along with um our friend uh carson where he, he was talking about in a game it's not about who has the best team on paper it's just about who has the best day right and winners seem to always come out having the best day because at the end of the day, I think when they dig down, there's a, there's a belief there. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think people who are more accustomed to losing or being a part of a losing organization, when they dig down, there's doubt. Right. And I think, I think that might be the difference. And I think you're right. I think the Cowboys, I think some of these programs who have annually lost I think there's a culture of learned behavior there almost. Right. Even if you're new to the program, I still, I wonder if there's not, you don't come in having had that, that in the back of your head that, you know, maybe, maybe we're not quite there yet. Right. There's, Cause there's always, there's always questions still surrounding this program. Whereas like if you're from a new England or, or an Alabama, there's no question. Yeah. It's you proven. You know exactly what's going to happen. It's proven. And yeah. You don't worry about. It. You trust your coach. You, exactly. you trust your quarterback. Exactly. You trust your, and that's why a team like New England wins, even when they just plug people in. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown comes in for a week, then he's gone for a week. And then right. The, even the Patriots, who who had a miserable offensive showing a couple of weeks ago, uh, won the game. They just they they played well enough on defense to win. So the Cowboys, I mean, they've got the Eagles coming. I'm looking at the schedule right now. They've got so speaking of learning how to win and having to do it, they play the Eagles uh, at Dallas on uh, next Sunday night, 7.20 kickoff. Uh, that obviously a big game for the Cowboys to, because that's a division game. Uh, you're going to have that, uh, that thing. Then they play at the Giants, theoretically. Giants are playing better. They're 2-4, and four, but they're still they're a better team than they've shown. They've got a new quarterback now. Jones is in at quarterback. And then they play the Vikings. Tough game. Then they're at the Lions. Tough game. The Lions playing everybody difficult right now. Uh, then they're at the Patriots. Then they play the Bills. Right. The Bills are playing great football. The Bills are four and one. So, you know, you've got Josh Rosen playing quarterback and he's, you know, doing pretty well. And I don't know. I, I look at these kind of things and I just think and, and you know what, and let's transition for just a second to uh to what's going on with, with the Aggies or the Longhorns. It's the same kind of thing. They're trying to reestablish that identity, that that feel that they can win these these ball games. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, AM comes out fast against Alabama over the weekend and then they it just once the, the landslide started, it was very hard yeah. to watch what was happening. And I think the same thing with, with the UT. They scrap and they fight and all this kind of stuff, but they can't get past Oklahoma. They have a hard time get, winning that game. That's the one game they've got to win. You know, that's the, that's the pinnacle, and they just can't get past it. And it is. I think a lot of it's just mental. Yeah. It's just a matter of making that next step. I agree. I agree. And I think – you know, you can you can certainly look on at both of those at, at all of these franchises and pinpoint what they could potentially think that could be their downfall. You know, you look mm-hmm. at a Texas program that you know they keep this, this profession every year that we're we're back, we're back. Right. Uh, and certainly, last year was the first 
resemblance of anything of the previous, you know, accomplished Texas teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then they struggled. So then they come in this year, you know, they lose against LSU, which is a respectable loss. And they fought, they played that game pretty well. But I think they come in, they see Oklahoma has had the last several years, has, has had an incredible offense. They've played really well. They've made uh, the playoffs. Um, they look at the fact that Jalen Hurts is coming from Alabama and what he did from Alabama. I think as much as they want to talk, I think that there's a lot of doubt there, especially as a defensive player. I think, well, we saw what he could do as an Alabama quarterback, and now he's got you know Oklahoma, and they're going. And I think, I think, uh, and, and of course, the same thing for A and M and the and the hole that they dug for themselves, in the sense that you know they came out. That was the most impressive offensive drive that I have seen all year from any football. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was a thing of beauty. These play calls, moving down the field seventy five yards and scoring a touchdown. It was methodical. I, I was so excited. I haven't seen football that good in a long time offensively. Right. right. And then it just goes away. Yeah. Then it just goes away. The defense comes up just terrible. Because the other team makes adjustments. Because the other team makes adjustments. But, but I think also the defense is terrified because here we go. Alabama comes in to attack of Iloa, throwing up video game numbers. So we expect him to throw up video game numbers. And so when they dig deep or they have to dig deep, their doubt is there. We did intercept him. We did it was intercept his first him. interception. That's right. That's right. So just let's just throw that out. There. That, and it was a really nice design play. However, <laughs> it didn't really, you know, provide us a whole lot of relief. Um, and, and and again, I think also that doubt within A and M within uh, the team. I don't, you know, it's hard. You could say what you want, and oh, I'm, I'm there for my players, etc. But when your offense hasn't shown up all year. Yeah, I think that the defense is giving up on the offense. Yeah. I think the defense, the way the defense played this last weekend shows that they have given up on the offense. Because yeah. the way that they played against Clemson, even the way they played against Auburn, they kept that team in the game. But the offense never delivered. Now the offense decides to wake up, start delivering. The defense is done. They're, they're, right. they're worn out. And... uh I think the same thing for for Texas. I think Texas has a great offense, right? But I think I think the offense doesn't believe as much in the defense, right? Because the, their defense is is just it's not there. They're not DBU, yeah. and I don't know why they're running around trying to claim that. That was yeah off season stuff. Same as Kellen Mond claiming he was the best quarterback oh, of the SEC. I know, I know. And Tua went out there for Alabama and just said, oh, twenty seven touchdown passes, one interception. Right. There's your best quarterback in the SEC. Right. Uh, I think it's interesting to um, – and also, so so we could talk – Aggies, Longhorns, Cowboys. Let's give credit to the Houston Texans uh, for what they've done and Deshaun Watson and how he has recovered – sacked 18 times in the first three or four games, whatever it was, hit numerous times. Uh, today came out there, Tunsil, the rest of that offensive line played really well. I watched that whole game, um, and I thought the Texans played a great game. You know they yeah. go out there and they and they win they win a ball game that a lot of people thought maybe might be uh, kind of a difficult game for them to 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 navigate and to win and they got it done and I look at those kind of things and I think and, and what was Watson was great in that ball game put up some yardage made very sound moves was uh, was just kind of a, a guy who who looked like that cool quarterback uh, that that everyone thought he was 
And so I, I, I want to give the Texans credit because they played great. They played great on defense. They win that game. And right now they're the, you know, they're the bright spot. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're the bright spot of the weekend. That's exactly right. Well, and, they're sitting at four and two. Yeah. And it, it's one of those things where I just think that the, when you, when you look at it, when you look at the, a lot of people thought the Texans made the playoffs, their playoff caliber team. Uh, the AFC is wide open this year. But to beat Kansas City, which has lost two straight, and now it's going to be very interesting because the the Kansas City's lost two straight games, acknowledged along with the Patriots as probably the best team in the AFC. They've lost to Indianapolis. They've lost to, to Houston. And now Houston and Indianapolis play next week. Uh, that's going to be a pretty good game. But now the Chiefs kind of exposed a little bit. And it's the first time since 2003 that the Chiefs have lost back-to-back games at home. Uh, so you know what the AFC is wide open, and the, and I think that the Texans are looking there are looking at it saying we could be a factor in this whole thing. Absolutely, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing that happen. Absolutely, I, I think the big I think the biggest question, honestly, and it's kind of like this in college football: who can beat New England? Yeah, at this it's point, a great I mean, question. Who, who can beat New England? It's a great question, and, and they, I don't think that you don't have to. You know, their offense isn't going to necessarily put up a thousand points on you. But their mm-hmm. defense is going to make it really tough for you to put up almost anything. Right. And they killed the Giants this week, so obviously did the Cowboys a bit of a favor. Because the Giants were Giants were kind of hanging into that game uh, there for a little while, and uh, Patriots kind of ran off with it too. But it's a, it's a great point. But it also goes back to that whole thing. Now, real quick before we before we, we move along on this, the, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Uh-huh. Now, we all know in San Antonio the thrill of victory. Well, Spurs have won championships. We 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 have been there. We've 99, 2003, 2005, uh, 2007, 2014. So we've got ring for every finger. <laughs> That's right. And, and it's good. Interesting. Now, so there's the thrill of victory for San Antonio fans. But here's where we are today. Very interesting today. The the Spurs host the New England Pelicans or New Orleans Pelicans today in a, a preseason game. Granted, it's a preseason game. Zion Williamson's coming in, though. This is the next luminary in the NBA. This guy's a stud. He's averaged like 26, 27 points of the preseason so far. He's looking everything that they thought he was going to be. Uh, very interesting. Only 12,000 people show up today for the, for the Spurs game. Now, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that it was tipped off about the same time as the Cowboys. Sure, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when I was sports editor at the Express News, the whole idea was that, you know, if the Cowboys and Spurs are playing at the same time, Cowboys are going to win every time. Cowboys are going to win every time. Cowboys own San Antonio. They yeah. own this community. So that kind of played into that as well. But I thought that was interesting, only 12,000 people. And I'm wondering as Spurs fans, after uh, – and again, we, we know the agony of defeat. 2013, Ray Allen, the big shot. It doesn't get much worse, doesn't get much, uh, worse than that if you're a fan of any kind of team. But I'm wondering how much Spurs fans believe right now. If they're if they're reading the stats, where the hey, listen, this is a team that's uh, only picked to finish five hundred by the Vegas bookies. Right, they're picked by some bookies to finish twelfth in the Western Conference. Um, lots of question marks. They they didn't they didn't get out of the first round last year in the playoffs. You're you're a Spurs fan. You've been a Spurs fan for for many many years. You've grown up in San Antonio. What are you thinking? What do you think of the Spurs and their opportunities at this point? I don't know. I I don't I don't. Maybe I don't think like most people. I, I kind of like uh, our good friend uh, Jeff Garcia in the sense that I, I don't pay attention to a lot of the Vegas odds and things like that because I've grown accustomed over the years since the Greg Popovich era right. that they prove it wrong. 
So I don't subscribe as much to the, and, and I'm also like this about anything. I just don't subscribe to a whole lot of preseason hype, save maybe Aggie football, which de- just kills me every year. And I really need to let that go. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but uh, I don't, I don't, you know, with the Spurs, it's the Spurs. And, and I, you just, you just know, I feel like as long as Greg Popovich is there, it's like when Johnny Manziel was quarterback, you just know they're going to find a way. Right, you're just gonna. They're gonna find a way to get in the in the postseason. Right, you know what I'm. I mean, twenty some odd years of doing it, they're gonna find a way. Right. I think they have the pieces. I don't think that they're. You know, I don't think that the pieces that they have are. You know, gonna sell sneakers, but I think the pieces that they have are gonna win games. Right. Um, I'm not worried about them. You know, going under 500 or even 500. I definitely think they make the playoffs. I just think the Spurs, you know, I think the thing is, is that you're in South Texas and we're not, we're not a basketball culture first, which is why I think the Cowboys own, own the market because we live for football. We live for that kind of stuff. You know, you and I were just glorifying Thanksgiving day and Cowboys football and all that. And I mean, that, I think that's, that's South Texas first. And and NBA, I think a lot of people don't really think about the NBA until, you know, Christmas. Until until after, you know, football is kind of on its way out the door. Then what's right. the next thing to turn the channel to? Then it's basketball. I think basketball has always been kind of a second thought here, even though we have an incredible program. Right. I don't know that I think, you know, San Antonio is a basketball city, right. ironically. Right. So I would say I would ascribe that to be the reason why maybe numbers are down. Could be, yeah. And, and the Athletic actually, uh, the website, the Athletic had a really interesting article this week about the uh, the NBA is actually in kind of in a little bit of a desperate feel right now. the the uh, The ratings are down in some areas precipitously. Yeah. In some of the markets, uh, I know they were down just a tad last year in the Spurs market, uh, but also in some of these some of the areas. Uh, a lot of the changes that have been made, uh, LeBron going to L.A., some of the different kind of things, have really kind of uh, not, not turned off fans, but it hasn't been the spark that a lot of people thought it would be for right, the NBA. Right. So the NBA numbers are down. Uh, kind of played into the China discussion last week and all that was going on with that and the business and the billions of dollars between the, the league and that country and how it kind of uh, informed the reactions to Daryl Morey's tweet. Uh, that's interesting because I think the NBA is in one of those situations. And, and again, we got off a little bit on that because I just I found that interesting that only 12,000 showed up for the Spurs game today. Um, they're 0-3 in the preseason. They gave up 123 points to New Orleans today. Uh, there, there are question marks about, but listen, LaMarcus Aldridge didn't play and, and some different guys didn't play. Uh, they haven't played DeJounte Murray and Derek White in the same backfield at all or backcourt at all. So I, I think that that's one of those things that we're not seeing the team we're going to see here in a couple of weeks when they actually start the season and they play for real. But before we change gears, because we do have our baby of the week. That's right. And that's and, right. But before we change gears, so I wrote down some of my agonies. Because okay. I know that the okay. ecstasy's Cowboys winning Super Bowls. Right. Astros winning the World Series in 2017. Uh, the Aggies beating Alabama, beating LSU last year in one of the greatest games I've ever seen in any sport. Uh, so you could kind of go down the list of the different things that, you know, of the, of the, the thrill of victory, right. of, the, of the ecstasy of sports. And uh, I, I think I'm thinking the Buffalo Bills with Scott Norwood missed that field goal. Now, it wasn't agony for me, but I know when I worked up in New York, that still stung everybody. 19, 1991. Norwood right. misses that field goal. The Giants win the Super Bowl right. because he missed that field. Feel bad about that. Bill Buckner missing the ground ball 
through his legs. Uh, the late Bill Buckner just passed away recently. That kind of was agony, I think. I know for my for my Red Sox buddies. And plus, we all we all hated the Mets so much. Nineteen eighty six, whatever it was. They they all just hate the Mets so much. And so I I look at that and I think that that's that's one of those things that you know you talk about the agony. And again, Ray Allen hitting that shot. Yeah, it just. And and I will and I'll even go back to two thousand five, I guess, whatever it was. I'm trying to remember two thousand four when when uh, 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 just it was a Brad Lidge gave up the home run to Albert Pujols in the bottom of you know the top of the ninth. The Astros are trying to close it out and head to the National League Championship Series. I don't know. It was just that was so brutal when yeah. he hit that ball off of Pujols, uh, off of Lidge and knocked it into you know I don't know Texas Avenue wherever in Houston. <laughs> Uh, it was just so <laughs> awful, and that was that was one. So uh, those are the ones that came to mind immediately. Uh, I can think of certainly a few a few Aggies games over the years that have been right. kind, of, kind of painful. But but that that's how about you? You, got any, you know what? Got I any Aggies out there? I mean, tons. But I, I, nothing nothing that stands out is like a monumental agony that I could think of. I mean, I, there's one there's one that sticks out to me though that's not mine. Uh, it's actually your son, Ryan Oliver's, uh, and I'll never forget it because I was driving back to school. So Katie and I were driving and of course, you know, I went to school, uh, in Myrtle beach. And so that was like a two day trek mm-hmm. and now uh, we're driving, you know, we're going back for, uh, the, the spring semester driving where we were on a 95 and we're driving through and we're pulling in really late in South Carolina and uh, I never forget being on the phone with Ryan, and he's just heartbroken at the uh, the miffed. Uh, oh kick yeah, when Tony, Tony Romo dropped that uh, field goal, yeah. and won the game. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that he, was staggeringly I, I awful. I think to this day it still haunts him. Yeah, yeah. He he. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and you I were remember talking, consoling him on that <laughs> drive. Just, It'll be okay. <laughs> the sun will come up tomorrow. All those different kind of things. Hey, listen, I might need that pretty soon if the uh, if the Astros don't get this Yankees situation taken right, care of. You know, right, right. So, Although they're up one nothing. No, they're up, but yeah, but they've left uh, four minutes scoring position so far. So I, <laughs> I I prefer to do the the glass half empty on this one right That's now. That's right. Uh, but they have knocked out the uh, Yankees starter already, so we'll see what happens with that. All right, before we go uh, t- tonight, um, we want to we want to uh, or I want to announce and and just tell everybody too is that. Uh, uh, great, great move for what's Brewing sports uh, for us is that I am now on some other programming here in town. Uh, did some TV. I've joined uh, Sports Nation, Sports Nation Overtime, Sports Weekly on KCWX and WOAI TV. I'll be heading over tonight to record uh, after we do this. We're going to record something live at WAI. Um, and uh, and that's my label, What's Brewing Sports, for all of that, uh, sports tonight and everything that I'm doing. So, Hey man, so just getting it out there. That's right. Let people see our brand yeah. in some different areas. Absolutely, absolutely. So just trying to it, sure I'm ugly. It's not. <laughs> it's going to be kind of an ugly billboard, but I'm going to do the best I can to to get it to get that out there as well. Well, you've become a little bit like Sasquatch. I think people are ready for some more Richard Oliver sightings. Sightings, yeah, the, lock, the right. Loch Ness of sports. Uh, Although um, now you're in so many places, it's just, you're going to become like this myth. Like, did I see Richard Oliver downtown? No, because he's uptown now recording this other show. Yeah, that's right. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's right. He's everywhere. <laughs> By the way, the Yankees just hit a two-run homer. They have oh, the well, there now. you go. That's what happens when you leave guys on base. Uh, <laughs> can't have, have Verlander. I'm sorry, Justin, we need you to throw a no-hitter. That's because right. Because your that's team right. is not going to score for you. That's right. That's what's agony. 
That's, that's, that's <laughs> agony watching the Astros offense in the postseason right now. All right, so uh, your baby. Your uh, baby of the right. week. Let's get to the baby of the week. Okay, so did you do you have one? Oh, I've got one. You got one? I've got one. All right, I'm going to jump into mine. Yeah, I, I, wanna, can't, I, I, wanna I I'm, I'm. Mine's going to be pretty short. I've been chewing on this one for, you know, I was thinking about it. Because we really can't find one unless, you know, there's a Antonio Brown situation happened during the week. You got to right, wait till right. the weekend for, for things to happen. And uh, boy, did it at uh, the Cotton Bowl this weekend mm-hmm. with uh, both teams getting flagged before the game even started with uh, <laughs> yeah. personal fouls. The entirety of both teams and both organizations getting flagged, which I thought would make a little bit more drama, actually. I thought because, you know, one more flag on any individual and they're thrown out of the game. Right. But I think they were pretty loose about throwing flags after that on in, in that direction because yeah. of that. Uh, which I appreciated that. But I my baby of the week is, first and foremost, the entirety of the Big 12 and the referee association within the Big 12, UT, and their freaking horns down oh, issues. Yeah, I have. The whining that goes with that, first of all, I don't see how any team can have their own personal foul assessed because, uh, you know, you're you're taunting their... Their hand sign. I think that is the most laughable thing in sports. And I think uh, anybody that supports that, you're a baby too. You can be lumped into the <laughs> yeah, baby right. of the week as well. The sensitivity of that. Oh is my just gosh. So well, and it's not even sensitivity. I mean, it's it's kind of corrupt when you think about it. You yeah. know, I mean, who else's sign gets that kind of privilege and that kind of right. distinction and, and right. you know, sensitive treatment and Yeah, we never get a thumbs down no. or anything like People that. People get thumbs down all the time. We're not gonna get a call for that. And yeah. I wouldn't want the call. Yeah, no, seriously. That's I mean, football. It's football. You know, at some point, there, there's got to be a little bit of contact, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, can't, you can't be physically physical anymore, and you can't even mentally contact people. It's just <laughs> Emotionally so contact sad. people. So sad. Uh, it's ridiculous. But that that is just outrageous that you get flags now for the horns down. Yeah. That's, that's the whole point of rivalry. Right. right. What's, what's the point then if and I you know, can't and if you're have... truly a UT fan... You don't want this discussion. No, you don't want the you discussion. You do not want this discussion because the whole idea behind UT, the, the, the whole knock on UT, and I'm not just saying this as an Aggie because I've got dear friends who are Longhorns, and I, and I love that college growing up. I, really, I wanted to go there. Right. I really, I really and, we've, and you and I have said time and again, it's, it's important that that team does well, that, that program does well. It's important to the state. I mean, look, Texas football is in a miserable position right now. Right. Across the board, I, right. really, I really feel. Baylor's just not they're not they've gone through enough where they're not going to be part of the national discussion for a while. Right. They can go, they can keep winning games. It's not going to matter. SMU is not going to they're their funny little story. <laughs> they're 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 good, but they're not going to they're not going to they're not going to carry Texas football into the headlines. They're the funny little story. They're the funny of little Texas. story. Hey, look at SMU's come back a little bit. That's pretty cool. You know, so I I think that I think you hear that, Winston? <laughs> I just, sorry, Winston. Love you guys, but th- that's not going to happen. But what I'm saying is, but but if you're the the big knock on UT over the years is that they're entitled. Exactly. They're the entitled. That's right. Program. They're the entitled fan base. They're just you know we we joked last week about how they get down big in a ball game, they're gone. They're on Sixth Street. You know. Well, again, don't blame them. Sixth Street's right there. You know, we don't have a Sixth Street at Texas A&M. There was. You and I probably would have been there. Uh, Northgate just doesn't carry the weight like uh, a Sixth Street does. But I, but I look at those kind of things. And I think if you're UT, you don't, you don't want to have this discussion. No. 
you don't want people whining about that. I mean, Mac Brown whined about it and, and people remember it to this day. Right. You know, it's just, I don't know. It, uh, you know what? It's, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And if you're, if you're on the wrong side of it, you're embarrassing. I mean, you know, it, it, it's like, you know what it's like? It's like being fined if you're a kid for, you know, if, if a kid like said something to another kid on a playground that was teasing him and you got fined for it. Right. right. Like, they're kids. Yeah. They're kids. Let that's, them, that's, yeah. that's what they Let do. Let them sort it and out. They need, exactly. They need to figure it out. And then the bully kid needs to learn he's an idiot. Yeah. And, and eventually he will. Yeah. You know, but but in the meantime, they're kids. And, and by the way, this is football. Yeah. This is college football, Division One at its greatest. Talk about rivalry. You know, yeah. there's not many great rivalries anymore because right. programs have shifted and, and they're not as great as they once were and, and all these things. Texas and A&M don't play anymore. Mm-hmm. So here we go now. You've got this one rivalry between Texas and Oklahoma, and now you're, you're, you're just pissing all over it because – Somebody did something that wasn't in yeah. your favor? It hurt my favor. Yeah, it's, it's those millennials. Oh, my damn God. Millennials. I guess so. All right, so here's, here's my baby of the week. Here we go. Me. <laughs> I am my baby of the week. <gasps> That's fantastic. Because I have been whining for days. Okay. Whining about the Astros, whining about the Aggies, whining about the, you know, just the uh, – I don't know the 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 lack of excitement around the Spurs. Uh-huh. Just whining about the fact that 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 team just doesn't have a whole lot of mojo around it. So I'm kind of whining about that. So I, I'm just I'm going to give it to myself. Nice. I'm going to fall on the sword and say I am my baby of the week. I like that because I am a big baby. Yeah, right I like that. I, I like huge, that. I, I wonder if uh, our friend Roy Bragg didn't didn't maybe help point that out at some <laughs> point has, through some text messages. He has messages. pointed it out. I've, I've got some <laughs> friends tell me. Because I have been, I have been an Eeyore about these the, the Astros yeah, for yeah. days now, uh, but I think with good reason. By the way, <laughs> you, you got to be able to hit. You got to be able to you hit a baseball. Have, yeah, that's right. In the postseason, right. that you know, seriously, when guys get in scoring position every once in a while, <laughs> once in a great moon, scratch out a single or something and knock in a couple. Uh, that's of exactly runs. right. That's exactly I got, right. Got no room for this stuff. <laughs> so anyway, that's. That's wow. my baby of the week. There you have it. Baby of the week, Richard Oliver. Didn't see that one coming. Well, you know, I like to throw you those curveballs. Yeah, I like that. It's a nice surprise. You know, like, so do that for you when I can. <laughs> well, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It keeps things interesting over sure, here. Sure, sure. Uh, well, as my coffee is drained and my beer is nearing empty, uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode. All right. Of What's Brewing Sports. Agony, ecstasy, coffee, beer, medicinal what? uses that's sports medicinal that's, we use the word medicinal. that's right several times baby of the week we've we've covered the bases <laughs> we did cover the bases which is more than we can say for our friends the astros at this point no <laughs> they're covering the bases and just not doing anything from that oh uh, my god do not get me started well thank you guys so much for listening again this is what's brewing sports season two episode seven i am andrew broad along with richard oliver Follow us along on social media, Facebook, Instagram, What's Brewing Sports, and Twitter, What's Brewing SP. Thank you guys so much. Till next time, take care. Later.